Welcome, everyone. today's meditation. Where there will be noises, <laughs> dogs barking, birds chirping, and maybe thoughts arising. So we're gonna welcome I'm going to welcome these internal and external arisings. They're not in the way. That's the main problem with the cause of our psychological suffering is when we think that something is in our way. So for those of you listening on or watching on YouTube or Spotify, you see my phone here. I am dual streaming on Clubhouse as well. So at the end of this meditation, if anyone has a question, I will leave uh, some space for that. Just so you know, that's where the, you, you may or may not be able to hear someone else sharing a question from the audio on my phone into the uh, camera audio, but I'll, I'll repeat the question as well. So as a way of beginning, first you can make yourself as comfortable as possible. And the idea here is for us to be something like a river, to just welcome the flow of what is arising. Whatever arises, whether it be dogs barking, Maybe there's uh, emotions or a repetitive thought arising. We're just allowing it, letting it flow. Even if it's continually repeating, just allowing it to continually repeat.
now we can begin this experiential investigation. So my invitation here is not for you to just accept what, what is being shared, what I'm uh, pointing to, but to see if this is true by your direct experience. The most common word in every language is I. And this I is like this open sky, this awareness. And within this formless awareness, every sensation, emotion, thought seems to arise and seems to change. For example, when we say, I am happy, I am sad. I'm uncomfortable. The aspect that is temporary are these arising qualities of sadness, happiness, uncomfortableness, fill in the blank after I am. But I am is what always remains. And I am this is the, the experiential piece to this that I'm inviting you into. The I that is aware of the words that I am speaking right now. It's this consciousness, this, this awareness. And if we follow this I inward, It has been my, my experience that I am not exclusively my mind and my body. Not exclusively. I am not only that. I am that which is aware of my mind. I am that which is aware of my body. And this is where I, I invite you to look and see for yourself. Do you find anything there? Is there any object? Some will say, yes, of course, me, me, but they're really referring to their body or their mind. But by the very nature of being aware of the body and being aware of your own mind, you in totality cannot exclusively be your body and your mind. You, or as I continue to say, I, the I am is that which is permanent and unchanging and aware of our aging body, our flickering mind. Everything, every object arises 
and falls. We are aware of it and then it seems to vanish. In this very same way, we seem to disappear every single night when we go to sleep in deep sleep. So in this way, with this direct pointing, we can really uh, dislodge ourselves from the exclusive identification with, with our, our temporary, our finite mind body. Just by allowing all of it, everything, every thought, every emotion, every these locuses in the background that are making these noises, just allowing it to be what it is. And at the same time, not being exclusively identified with these objects and sensations and emotions and thoughts. It's not a coincidence. I don't think it's a coincidence that time itself seems to expand in the space of meditation. Some people, not you, obviously, if you're listening to this, but some people, which they are only this, this consciousness, this awareness, the, this oneness as well. However, that oneness can appear as being afraid of being with oneself. 
in meditation. People are afraid to spend five minutes, 10 minutes just being with themselves without necessarily doing something. But what is it that we're really afraid of? Some people are terrified of being alone or just being with their self. Every moment of their day is filled with doing, 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 doing. Even though in the final analysis, every moment of their doing is just this infinite expanse of being itself. However, this invitation is a moment to knowingly be with our being see that the gaping hole of emptiness is a gaping hole with a W, is a gaping hole, <laughs> an expanse of, of nothing, of no thing. And yet all things appear to arise, including suffering including the appearance of separation. But again, it can always be verified again and again by your own direct experience that all is essentially, fundamentally one. Yes, there's a laptop screen here. There's, there's a phone here. There's the character, Christopher. Sure, but all you, me, all of this is made out of the same one thing. That's why any anything that I point to, like the body and the mind, cannot exclusively be it. Yet, it is all made up of this very same essence that I call the I, God, consciousness, awareness universe, whatever it is, it's like, it's all of it. And yet in totality cannot be found in any one thing. Because how can one thing express all? And yet each part is only made up of this very same one thing. If this sounds intellectual, it's not it's our very own experience however it might seem intellectual because of societal beliefs and conditionings and thoughts that make us start to think that we are somehow separate and then these thoughts get lodged into the body as sensations and feelings of, no, I don't only think I'm separate. I feel that I'm separate. And that's what people say. I really am only this mind. I really am only this body. And I invite anyone that feels that way to rigorously and honestly analyze, look at, their own experience because
we are that which is aware of our mind and our body. If we were only our mind and only our body, what is this, what is it that is aware of it, that knows it? What is this subjective essence? What would one that identifies themselves only as the mind and body call this subjective, that which knows their own body and their own mind? What's that? Where's that coming from? That's what I'm calling consciousness, awareness. The beautiful part, one of the many beautiful parts is then in the play of your life, knowing that what you are is inseparable from everything and it's not going anywhere. Then as the finite mind and body character, we can play whatever part we desire or whatever part our heart desires in this playground, if you will. Earth school, if you will. Who's the teacher? <laughs> Who's the student? You are the spontaneous impulse of the entire freaking universe being expressed paradoxically, beautifully, uniquely, only as you can be and inextricably connected with the whole damn thing. Pretty good deal, huh? doesn't feel like it when we don't recognize it. When we get lost in our lives, suffering. But we can always remember, always come back to ourself. And even in me saying coming back, there's, it's not coming back, it's already there. We go, oh shit. I haven't gone anywhere. I haven't left myself. I haven't abandoned myself. I haven't rejected myself. I haven't depressed myself. I haven't hated myself, whatever it is. We see, wow, we just got lost in, the, in, in our own minds. In the maze of our own minds, we get lost. Sometimes we can't even, 
we realize when we're trying to remember ourselves, we're like, I just want to get back to that place. We have to surrender in that moment because <laughs> the joke of it is it's not a place that's anywhere outside other than right here. But the mind goes, no, 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 no. It's somewhere far away. I have to meditate more. I have to learn more spiritual concepts, do more prayer, more plant medicine or whatever, whatever it may be, but we don't have to, we can, we can do any of those things. And it, when they're done as a form of devotion and prayer and surrender, then yeah, we will wind up exactly right back where we already only always have been. So it's inevitable to surrender this, this separate self, this seeker that's trying to get there. It will never get there. It's never going to get there. But what else are we going to do? If we feel this desire inside ourselves to recognize our wholeness, to free ourselves from suffering, really. Someone that I consider a teacher, he says we're friends. I consider him a teacher, and we are friends too, which is really cool. Rupert Spira. He says, we can't prematurely exhaust, prematurely give up seeking. Because that could be a fake thing, right? Like we could say, oh, I know I'm it. I know I'm, I know that I'm all one. I don't need to meditate. I don't need to pray. I don't need to, uh... but really we could just be lying to ourselves. So in that, in that sense, yeah, there are times when I sit down to meditate or engage in something. I'm like, fuck, man, I'm doing this thing where I think that the thing that I'm going to do is going to get me something, get me somewhere. Because I'm not identified right now as being whole, peaceful, fulfilled, etc. But I'll still do it. I'll still go, well, okay, whatever. It's hopeless then. So there is no difference if I meditate or go and take a bike ride. No, probably not. And whatever one that I feel is going to awaken that joy, that recognition, is what I'm going to do. I don't know why I used the example of a bike ride. It's been so long since I've ridden a bike. Maybe go work out, eat a pizza. But when we're doing it with sincere devotion, that's, I feel like you can't, you can't go wrong when you're just sincerely devoted. To remember what you are. And watching how interesting the whole thing is. Interesting. Here's this this person that continues to the the dialogue, watching ourselves that continues to 
seek, it continues to want for something. Doesn't even mean we have to stop it. There's no, the whole idea of this is just allowing everything to be as it is and allow ourselves to be natural in, in to be in a, the natural part of the universe that we are, including our wants, our desires, our hopes, our dreams. So we just continue. In each moment, in each breath. This is not to deny the utility of the mind. I'm gonna point that out, the utility The utility of the mind can sometimes be confused with, I think our essence can get lost in the mind, so to speak. So I wanna give an example of that. If I wanna eat a really delicious meal, it's gonna require me to, to cook it or to go somewhere and have someone prepare it for me and, and buy it. that's that's all good right that's that's not denying any of this during the preparation and the moment when that first we have that first bite it's all it's all oneness yet the mind will when it comes to for example spiritual awakening or enlightenment or whatever it is it's just continually making it can continually make it into a goal that is always outside of now that just it can't possibly be right now so it's going to require more meditation it's going to require more integrative therapy it's going to require more somatic breath work and rebirthing experiences more 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 more, more. yet sometimes that's that's the very nature of the the trauma of feeling separate just perpetuating itself so each of us can through experience use our own wisdom to discern when the mind is fulfilling its natural function of cooking our meal or is it perpetually doing the donkey on the with the carrot stick tied to it where every step closer that it gets to it that thing is further and further away well maybe it's because the thing that we're looking for or seeking isn't really a thing. It's just everything all the time. So it's possible for any one, any one being to be enlightened as in how could they be different, differentiated from everything and everyone around them. Like Ramana Maharshi said, you are that, I am that. And in the paradox, the paradoxical Zen phrase, which I love so much, you are perfect as you are, and there's always room for improvement. So, yeah. Probably makes sense to do the thing that 
do the thing that brings ourselves and others, the community, our world, the most joy. We could do we could do that in a uh, an act of service. Service to God awakening awareness. I guess this turned out to be uh, more of a talk than a meditation, but that's the thing. A talk is a meditation. If you're looking for a silent meditation, which would mean no background noises and me not talking well. <laughs> There's a place inside of us it is ever-present, ever-still, ever-silent. neat if you're watching the video you can see the the cloud in the background of the reflection of the window passing through the the window divider I think through imagining just just imagine if your life was completely uninhibited. You were completely, and you felt free to express yourself with anyone. You didn't. You didn't feel this kind of mental. No, what am I going to say, or how am I going to say it, or how am I going to be perceived? I know for me, it's a. It's a definitely a work in progress. That's why I subscribe. I subscribe to my own YouTube channel. <laughs> no, I don't think that's even possible. Um, I, what I was going to say is I subscribe to this Zen teaching of we're perfect as we are, and there's always room for improvement. And 
since it's all one and it's all connected everyone and every being it's like the the liberated jesus's and buddhas in disguise pretending to be other than but at least that's how it appears to me i don't know how it appears to you maybe maybe everyone's jesus and buddha and mary mary mother Teresa, the holy mother not in disguise to you that's you i want to talk to you i want to talk to you because it just doesn't fit you know it doesn't fit when I look at guys like uh, Vladimir Putin, that's Jesus, Jesus Christ. Help me, help me, help me. How, why is, why is Jesus and Buddha appearing as war? As warriors warring with their self. That's real. It is real. It absolutely is real. Why is it appearing that way? Good question. I don't know. And there's a place inside my heart that I can have compassion for the fact that I don't understand that. And that if, and that if, everything in this world with all of the like i said in the description to this uh meditation that's fucking mind-blowing every being somehow is all god all consciousness all awareness and yet they can appear to be killing each other. All that's all of that's starvation. All of this, these atrocities. I guess where I end up is well, I can I can have compassion for, like I said, my own misunderstanding or. or not recognizing what that is and then doing what I do to help in the ways that I can help and And, reckon it, and recognizing or at least inviting in the idea that you know what maybe somehow all of these crazy things happening really are somehow part of me Maybe I, I am dangerous. If it's manifesting out there, maybe that's somewhere, somehow alive inside of myself as well. And it would be really good, 
really good, really supportive, really beneficial to know that, to be aware of that. Probably one of the worst things I could do is to say, no way, that's not part of me. And well, because if something's totally, completely not part of me, or if I'm misbelieving that or misidentifying that, then I think that's responsible for a lot of these atrocities. When we say, nope, that is absolutely other than, that is a demon from hell. And we, in, a, in that sense, reject that it could be any, that that's actually our own brother, our own sister, our own mother, our own father. then we're able to create immense suffering, conflict, harm. And but lastly, the last thing I want to share is that this doesn't mean be passive. You know, some people that I talk to and have meditations or, or sessions with, conversations with, they'll say, so that means just, just be passive and let someone walk all over you? No. It's natural, like that dog barking, like that dog barking. If someone comes near you or threatens your safety, naturally, it, there's going to be a response from us. And that response could look like fighting back, if we must. Could look anyway because this isn't it's not prescriptive to say that because of this this means when someone comes at you sit there and meditate because they're you no i'm not definitely not saying that and that's why the the trauma work uh even though this this experientially can be seen to be true and felt to be true that we're all one there's still within consciousness, within awareness, trauma, undeniably. And that's why doing the integration work to, to overcome, for example, if someone, if someone is attacked, maybe because they've been attacked, or, or let's say something, they were attacked as a very, very young child, and they don't even remember it, or abused, right? I guess would be a better way to say it. Then when that happens again in, in later on in their life, you know, they're not going to apply the, the non-dual philosophy in that moment. Or if they are, that could be a trauma response. That could be a freezing trauma response if we're being attacked or abused in some way and we just go, oh, well, I'm, I'm not going to do anything because I'm, I'm the attacker and I am, no, no way, no freaking way. So that's, I just want to illuminate the awareness of the the psychological self-regulating work that is deeply important and integrative within and and uh, these really go hand in hand they are not separate <sighs> the, the integrative healing of the most subtle traumas that that can mask themselves as non-dual non-dualism or, or spiritual bypassing and things like that so it's really important that we each face up to to the suffering 
face up to what's uncomfortable and can we can we see it for what it really is or or, or even have the chance to alchemize it and, and to make it something uh, to to transform it and be of service to life in that way all right thanks for listening thanks for watching hope you enjoyed it hope this was illuminating in some way uh, and i'm going to make this uh not for children because i swore a few times <laughs> uh, and also because i would like to hear from you i'd like to have some engagement in the comments if, if i if i check the mark that it's for children i've come to learn if, if it's a for everyone audience uh that's up to you if you're a parent and you you want someone under 18 to hear this i'll leave that entirely up to you but what that does is that enables the comments to to be active on youtube because you just you never know what one of these people out there in the youtube world is, is gonna, gonna say someone could say anything and you're free to do so so i engage i welcome those that uh aligned to this and if there is uh, an artful criticism or critique of anything that i've shared i'd be happy to engage in that dialogue as well what i will not engage in is um, what i call keyboard warriors which are just comments that are not even not even trying to further and open a dialogue to say, yeah, let's talk about this. You know, you want to, you want to, you want to talk about it. There's many different ways that I am happy to engage in dialogue about these things. But if it's just uh, nonsensical, flippant comment, then um, I'm not going to respond to that, or I'll just delete it with love in my heart. Right. Thanks for watching. Let me know how or if this resonated with you. See you next time.